All right, what is up everybody? Zombies here again, and today we are back with another episode of the Fighting Pit Podcast. Episode 25, quarter of the way to 100. Awesome. Um, it is uh, It is one year, or not one year, it is one number less than the age I am turning today. It is my birthday today, so hey, 26, birthday. closer to uh, 30 than 20 now, so officially uh, boomer status in the making. But I'm uh, I'm joined as always by my two co-hosts Mullahu and Wizard Beast. How are you guys doing tonight? Hola. Doing good, doing good. Glad to hear it. So we got uh, we got some merc stuff to talk about. Uh, this is going to be a little bit more free form of an episode, but we'll we'll talk some meta stuff. We'll talk about some potential changes we would like to see in the future. Probably mostly around buff stuff. As uh, last time we got a point oh patch for a new expansion. There are quite a lot of mercenaries buffs that happen to come along with it, so I think it's not outside the realm of possibilities that that could happen again. And if that is going to happen again, we can take a look at our handy-dandy uh, calendar here. The expansion's dropping on the 2nd of August, but they usually put out the uh, patch for the expansion a week before release, just in case of any bugs or anything like that. So, 26th of July... That is a little bit, what, it's a little bit under, a little bit over two weeks from now, like two and a half weeks or so. Um, so yeah, we'll probably, probably see some stuff there. I don't remember if the rewards track resets then or on the new expansion. I think it's the new expansion. Um, yeah, new expansion. Yeah, okay, so we'll have to wait until expansion release date for the new mercenary, but there should be a new mercenary with the track, so... I take some guesses on that one. Uh, really curious what it could be. I mean, last time we got a Murloc with uh, with Murky, and it's possible we could get Sir Finley. You never know. Uh, it'd be a little weird, given that we're going into like a new Murky. Even though he wasn't like related to Sunken City, he was a Murloc, and there were Murlocs and fish, and it was thematic. Whereas. Finley wouldn't be as thematic, but I'd still be happy to see him. He's got to come eventually, right? Like, I, don't I think th we alluded to the uh, mm -hmm. Sherlock Murloc. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? that's right. Uh, that would hit the Murloc plus. That's uh, true. The red Murloc, right? That was sweet. Yeah. We were hinted about that a while ago, that a red Murloc is coming. And that you know what? That would actually be perfect, and it would fit in line with kind of uh, the theme of not only the expansion, but... I don't know if you guys have seen the the Murloc Homes card for constructed. Oh, um, bit, yeah. It's really it's awful. It's like a really really <laughs> bad card. Um, it's it's really awesome awesome. art, and I like it's I cool. love it. It yeah. is cool, but it's like hilariously bad. Like you have to, so you discover it's like you do three clues about cards in your opponent's deck, and it's like a discover choice. And if you get all three right, you get copies of those cards. Is you it a get, start of game trigger or like when you or battle cry when you play it it's a battle cry okay. so i think he's like a four drop three drop four drop i think he's a four drop and when you play it you basically you look at these three cards one of them is going to be like from their hand and then i think the other two are their deck i'm not 100 percent sure but like you have to pick between three cards and you have to get it right and then you have to do that two more times and if you get all of them right 
you are given copies of those cards. But if you get any of them wrong, you get nothing. You get nothing. <laughs> you go home, do not pass go, do not collect $200. I mean, it's too hard. Like the decisions right now are too hard to like actually get it right. Like I, I think feel when so. I first saw that card, I was like, oh man, this might be like too easy. Like I remember, uh, what was, it? I mean, there, there have been mechanics where it was like, guess the card that like mm -hmm. they, that is in their hand or like, just like guess something. Like, yeah, guess it's existed before. Been done, and it was like pretty easy, quote unquote. But you're saying this is actually like just, it's yeah. too hard to like get multiple different We ones. saw a little bit of gameplay with it. Uh like I think Kibler was a part of like a, a reveal stream where they did a little bit of gameplay and it popped up and it's just the the ones that showed up, I think in is also in part because the card pool is so limited right now in standard that the options are limited. So it's showing you cards that very reasonably could be in your opponent's deck. Um and then you have to pick out of that, especially when you, you see weird things like the uh the mage build where like most of your deck is like arena cards basically like they do not look like constructed cards but the, it works um yeah. but it, it's just kind of funny because what i was going for here is like uh cookie was like the prime star of an example of a card that just was not good and constructed but like mm -hmm. cookie was a powerhouse in mercenaries like yeah, he was like apparently yeah. people are playing cookie a little bit more now yeah like, post rotation and, like and standard but. he's a bit better now like and i think he sees play in like some builds but like even then he's not like an all-star fancy legendary card right like his effect has always been really weird like he has to die to get the weapon and the weapon's like not terrible but not great it's like it's a lot of hoops to jump through but the point of mentioning that was like it would kind of be like cookie in a way where the card in constructed is like awful but like the card and mercenaries okay. could actually be really good and that'd yeah. be really fun if like we could get a uh a good murloc holmes or his uh his sidekick watt finn um <laughs> would be like i love the flavor of this this upcoming set so and i figured they've got to tie some stuff into it when we do eventually get the next yeah. big mercs drop it's obviously a ways away uh we probably won't get that till more around october ish i think like next expansion yeah, yeah it's like the the mini set right the, right, the mini the set is when we get it so like the expansion's coming in august two months after august it will be october that's kind of when i expect it no, um like right. mid-october ish and but i'm curious because obviously we got the nagas from sunken city i'm curious they, they've got to like do some characters tying in and then they'll probably do some like just other iconic Hearthstone characters. I really like the mix we got. Like, I think that's one thing that's like definitely worth talking about is like they pulled from a really great pool of characters for this last big Mercs drop. Like it was like I don't think I think people expected a lot of these characters to show up, but I don't think a lot of people really expected them to show up so soon. Like I didn't think we'd get all the explorers and the old gods. Like I was thinking, oh, that'll maybe happen sometime in the next year or something. Yeah, Bouncy's starting to spook you of like, all right, I know I know Blizzard IP is deep, but like mm -hmm. we're we're ripping through a lot of the like yeah. mainstay characters. Yeah. Like exactly what you're saying. I mean, like what what who jumps to mind of like the big like groups or like sections of characters that we're missing? Obviously, like there's the other games. There's like more of the Starcraft and mm -hmm. more of the um like Overwatch I mean, or Diablo. What, yeah, every yeah Overwatch can make its way in. That'd be kind of sweet, actually. Um, oh. but, like the the Dragonflight. I get like the yeah. like, yes. era, yeah, was, like that's the biggest one I think that's like, not here yet like Mally like mm -hmm. but after Mally, that Sarah I mean, yeah I mean we, the deck's a lot 
the next drop I could see, especially tying with the expansion, would probably be the Eternal ones. So that's oh, like right. from, that one, yeah, yeah, like the main leaders basically of all the new zones. Um, that you could do like the covenants basically from that. So like that could be maybe something that comes in with the mini set, like for the more theme. How we had like Nagas for this. That's True. what I'm guessing. But yeah, otherwise besides that, I don't know. They could maybe start doing more, um, tribulate kind of related stuff like maybe start hitting more on that because we see like True. there's a lot of tribes that just like some people have tags on like the dwarves and there's like mm. the blood elves the night mm -hmm. elves so they have like all these different types i think there's now even like um they probably do like ogres and stuff too like i wonder if like, yeah, we're you know, like the chogal and stuff like that oh that's a good one yeah, yeah. it takes up two mercenary spots in your deck or whatever <laughs> that'd so, be kind of funny the left and the right heads. like two two spots on the field or something yeah. like that, that's a neat there's like so much mm -hmm. potential with like the design and stuff and there i think they do have like a pretty deep well i mean they already have like a lot of iconic characters obviously um but i think ones we could also see are maybe some of the ones that like hearthstone really propped up to like the league of evil right like with Rafam and dr boom like that just makes sense right like they could do mm -hmm. that in like an event system like the old gods where it's like Four iconic characters. We already have Vosh, so like that's boom, one off the list. Um, and something else that I think is not entirely outside the realm of possibilities for a game like this is eventually in time. I don't think there's anything wrong with like iterating on a character and making it different as just like a different version of that mm -hmm. character. Like, yes, it's still let's say Jaina or whatever. But maybe it's Jaina at a different point in time with so different abilities. Yeah, way, like yeah. Fire Jaina. That would be really cool, right? Like, like <laughs> maybe not like, if she's like the the Frost Jaina, but <laughs> the point stands. There's no ice block. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fire yeah, <okay>. Block. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that would be cool seeing like the uh, Lich King basically when he was a paladin, so kind of like before, and have him like as holy and stuff. Illustrative Arthas, right? Like as a as a character, yeah. And I think that's in the wheelhouse of Hearthstone, right? Like, uh, they were talking in an interview about how they really love that Hearthstone gives a bit more creative freedom with what they can do, because though, like, they're, like, in the war, in the world of World of Warcraft, it's hard to say, um, <laughs> the, it's still, like, they, they are able to put, like, a, a zany or, like, a wacky touch on it, and, uh, I personally really like that. I know, like, not everybody likes that, but I think they do strike a pretty good balance of, like, doing some more serious stuff and then doing more, like, wacky out there stuff. Like, it hasn't just been all it, one or the other. Um, and I really, like, enjoy that. And I think this is kind of a similar thing where, like, you don't necessarily have to go out of your way to... Cause we're already very, very rapidly approaching 100 characters, right? Like, the game launched... Uh, what game launched like nine months ago ish yeah, yeah nine months mm -hmm. ago and we've already almost doubled the amount of characters in it and that's even after changing the release cycle even with the release cycle change uh which i think generally has been a pretty good thing for the game looking back at it now uh the amount of characters we've got hasn't really like increased or decreased that much like it increased a little bit from the beginning but since then it's been pretty consistent it's just it went from being four or five characters a month to hey you're gonna get almost like 20 all at once but that's like mm -hmm. yeah. four months of drops basically and you, you'll get like one or two sprinkled in between 
little event here or there and uh, a pass merc and stuff and I do think it would be nice if we could get like maybe like one or two more like in the in-between time just to like shake things up a little bit and I think that is really how you like drive people into this game are the events so if we could have like a little bit more event stuff like it's a fine line right you don't want to be overwhelming people with events and stuff but like from what I've noticed doing the uh, the content creation stuff, the events draw people into this game. And then they're like, oh, wow, there's actually like something cool here. Like, I was just doing this because I like Yogg Saron and I wanted this free fancy skin. And I, I've had a bunch of people be like, yeah. And they're like, damn, you know, I really wish I was playing before because I wanted to get the other old god ones. And like, you can technically still get them, but like, not for free most likely like good luck getting that diamond for for free it's, it's the odds are not in your favor um but that's another thing i think would be really really cool that i would like to see in the future and i think this would also help with new player acquisition stuff like do like a event throwback thing or something like for the people who didn't do an event or something you could do like a week or two weeks or something where it's like hey this event is back or whatever and maybe you offer something small for like the people who've already done it, or maybe you don't, whatever. But it would be cool if they could give those opportunities to people again, because I guarantee you there are people who are like, like I know one of our own uh, popper players, Kpar, uh, was mentioning how when he started Mercenaries, like he wasn't able to get the Diamond Leroy when he started. Like he started during the Leroy event, and he really wanted that Diamond Leroy, and. I, I saw this too because I that was when I was playing EU still and I thought oh I had this free to play comp all it needs is Leroy I'll just get Leroy real quick this was back when it was harder too to do the missions because you didn't get all the later ones if you beat Winter Spring so right. I, it just was not possible like I didn't have enough time and I wasn't putting in enough time to make that happen I think there are a lot of people in that boat who it's like they might have started when an event was going on and maybe they got the mercenary, but they weren't able to get all the way to, like, the diamond skin or something. And I know he was like, after that, he was like, I never wanted, like, have an event where I can't get the 10th thing. And they've improved the events a lot in that respect. Like, I think the Yogg is probably the easiest event we've had so far in terms of, like, new players being able to fully complete it. The only tricky ones, I think, were maybe that full caster one... And there's one where you have to beat a fight without anything dying on Heroic. Um, those are the only two I think can be a little bit more challenging, but even so, I'm pretty sure you can beat them with a budget comp. So I think they've really improved that. Like, you want it to be engaging for new players, but it's really hard, or not new players, established players. But you also don't want it to be like, you guys remember when they started the events, they were like, these are aimed at established players and i think that's kind of a mistake like yeah. it's it's great if you can make it work for both but like these are bringing in new people this is something you should really use to bring in new people and i think they've kind of learned that as we've seen them like improve and no bugs this time uh pretty much so yeah, that's no, great good I mean, if anything, the only players that were around when the first events came out were enfranchised, like yeah, pretty much established players. I feel like so they almost targeted the the only existing player base, and it went really well. And I think they were, like you said, I mean, the, I think the correction that they ended up taking was better of it being easier and 
it's still a challenge to go all the way, but you can go most of the distance and feel rewarded and not like you necessarily miss something. But um, yeah, it's it's funny to think that they it almost felt like they only had one player base to work with, which is not normal for most of these Hearthstone games. So, but yeah, they adjusted. They're uh, figuring it out. So and I, I really, really did enjoy that. They finally mentioned in the patch notes last time, like, hey, this mode exists. We know it exists. We care about doing this stuff for we it. Like they, that was basically the first time I think since like launch, we've gotten like a real commitment of, hey, we're, this we're not just gonna like give up on this. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I guess the because they still didn't like it, we were memeing about it last time, where mm -hmm. like it truly felt like they were like parroting our words back to us and being like, <laughs> yeah, like we hear you, we see you, we are doing it again. Still no concrete anythings right and and things are always subject to change but the getting that recognition was great for sure for sure it was a good feeling i think the community definitely like i mean you can see how like starved for that kind of information we were just by seeing the positive reception to when alkali did like the little reveals in the discord and then the first uh creator reveal with old guardian like you could see like that that drummed up like a ton of like people and it was basically just channeling a lot of negative energy into like mm -hmm. positive energy and so shout out to her for doing that because like that turned what i think could have been a very bad moment for the game into a much more positive one so that kind of stuff matters like it the we've talked about you know like player sentiment and and all this stuff because like without direct communication players draw their own conclusions right about the game like for better or for worse people are making up their own minds because the game isn't telling you blizzard's not telling you what this is or what this is supposed to be like they're just uh, go figure it out you guys can figure it out we'll we'll talk about it later and nine months later or something we've gotten bits and pieces of information here and there um but actually that that's kind of funny like a brief aside that mm -hmm. i about earlier that connected to it was it was actually a thing that happened in league which reminded me of battlegrounds because i've been playing a lot more battlegrounds lately oh yeah it reminded me of battlegrounds which reminded me of a thing that we've talked about with mercenaries before where it feels like maybe i'm wrong obviously it could just be a coincidence but i'm starting to perceive a change in the way that a lot of it kind of feels like modern games are made or at least a lot of the games that we're familiar with are being designed in a way where it's it's almost it's like it's a it's a trick or it's a maze it's a puzzle where like mm -hmm. i i truly think battlegrounds is one of the best examples of it where you look at the game from the outside in and you're like this seems so obvious like it seems so easy mm -hmm. bigger number and then you start to get into it and you start to realize how many difficult avenues there are and how many confusing next level things there are and blizzard and like the game devs basically themselves give you nothing they say go nuts figure it out but it is just a labyrinth of stuff. And honestly, Mercenaries feels very similar from the player perception angle where it was like, same thing. Like, we're not going to really give you much. Here's a whole here's a whole thing. Here's a whole ass system. Take it as you will and figure it out. And it's way more complicated than you think. But go for it. And then the same thing in League, they released another character where literally like there were so many abilities in their kit that the players weren't even discovering everything that there was available <laughs> to do. Wow right away like there were so many things going on that you could like play multiple instances of this character and be like 
learning new things that they could do or see something happen and be like, I didn't even know that could happen. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of games now are kind of incorporating this angle, which I think is a really cool progression in the design of games where, yeah, there are too many players. There are too many smart people who've been playing games for too many years now. And you almost have to lean into this like very complicated, very confusing, but very interesting and intriguing, just like mystery. And it feels like Mercenaries, Battlegrounds, and League in some cases, and I don't know, maybe there's some other games you guys can think of that would match this, but I'm starting to witness this phenomenon a little bit. And I think it's a cool one, but it's it's a really complicated and uh, just, I mean, an endless one. I mean, like maybe like Hades and those kind of things mm -hmm. as well are very much so like, whoa, the depth is essentially infinite. And this is the kind of the new era of games like that. Yeah, and it's cool because that can also draw in, you know, new audience because it's always nice when you're discovering something when you're playing a game, like having that cool interaction that like you're not going to forget. It's like, oh, this happened and it was amazing. You know, mm -hmm. that's always kind of going to stick with you and like be like, that was part of the game that I just played. And like, and I like wasn't well, interaction. So, like it just had mm -hmm. just you stumbled upon it in some cases yep. or, or found it after working to find it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just cool to have those like interactions, especially with like mercenaries, especially when it first came out no one knew like anything really mm -hmm. about it and especially going into the pvp there would be all these different comps and then you would learn all of the different lines and everything and it would be just cool figuring everything out so yeah especially even going on further there's going to be new things that we just keep learning and still even now like i feel like up until recently still been learning all the new interactions with different characters and stuff yeah yeah especially maybe that's honestly a big part of it is like the fact that these games kind of they they release like this ocean of information and then as things change you have to like retroactively or like just like go back and look at like okay wait all these things that we thought we had already learned or knew how many of those have changed and many cases i mean it's kind of like magic too in a very mm -hmm. similar way where it's like all right there's fifty thousand cards sure all these new cards came out you thought that you would grasp on all of the interactions up until now but mm -hmm. How many things have changed? What can what do you have the time to go back and look at and uncover and kind of work with that someone else hasn't found yet that nobody else has found yet? Right. Like it seems like this this incentive to make a game that even when you have a million people playing it concurrently, they still can't figure it out. That would make sense to be the future of games. And it really seems like we're starting to see examples of that now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's I mean, kind of. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, Hearthstone kind of does that with the, I forget exactly what it's called, but it's like the mystery card back to kind of figure those mm -hmm. things out. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, there's like huge discords, and it's taking people mm -hmm. like forever to find like those puzzles where are you crazy. have to go. <laughs> yeah, it's like huge puzzles. And it's really cool because they even had that in a WoW, and I actually did too. Oh, really? It where it would be a secret mount that you would unlock, yeah. but it would be like a task of like 20 things that you would have to go throughout the whole world. And it would be like brand new puzzles mm -hmm. that were never even in the game before. Mm -hmm. So it would be like really cool just doing all of that. And I remember still, it was one of my favorite moments is the very last puzzle is it would put you in basically like a dungeon by yourself and there's no monsters or anything, but it's just rooms. And you'd go through a door and you'd go into another room, and there would be like walls that'd be open or closed. Oh, right. And you'd have to figure it out, and it would be a maze. And I literally had a sheet, and I would have to connect <laughs> and figure which rooms connect to which rooms. And you had to find like color orbs and match them all across. And then once you did that, your character would basically go back to sleep, wake up, and then you would have a mount um, in the mail. So That's it'd be like cool to find these like huge kind of like maze things that you'd have to go through. And it's like really. 
I guess, accomplishing, like once you get through all of that and have all of the fun even going through the process. So it's cool to see games like have these things in it. Yeah, like it's really grown a lot in that respect. Like there are the, all these communities now who it's like they people have to try the most outlandish, crazy shit to figure that stuff out. Like I watched some of the, the solution for one of those. Uh, you, they, there's literally a spreadsheet because it's different. There's like X number of different ways. So not everyone can do it exactly the same. Oh, so and at least that. in the Hearthstone one. And so literally like there's a spreadsheet where you can input stuff. And one of them, it's like. They they solved it because the the sides were actually representative of Rubik's cube, so someone had to like make a Rubik's. It was it was crazy. <laughs> it it was actually like some some devious devious minds like like crazy. I don't know how they come up with this, and I don't know how people solve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that definitely speaks to reaching at least with these like bigger multiplayer games, kind of an acceptance of, hey, we could put like all of our best people on this and try and like make this balance like perfect and and do all this stuff but like realistically the players are going to find more and break more stuff in the first hour of release or maybe a little bit longer mercenaries because obviously we have to grind up but let's say like constructed there's gonna be more play testing done in the first we'll, we'll just say day right make it a little simpler there's going to be more playtesting done in that first day than was done over months and months internally. It's just it, bigger uh, people have talked about it before and other people who have been like involved in the, the game design side of it have talked about it before. And it's just like, it's not possible to like, like sometimes you'll, you know, get lucky and you'll strike it right. And there won't be like anything super outlandish that happens, but like, it's just so hard to like actually get it like, right without and that's why we have balance adjustments and and whatnot and things like that but i think that's that's kind of like the reason games are like trending this way is like kind of an acceptance of like live service kind of becoming a yeah, much the player on model. the fact that there's a ten thousand person discord or whatever just like for yeah. every game for every part of any game now like you how i mean it, on, in a certain way it's an unenviable position as a game designer now where this is this is a brand new territory people designing games even 15 years ago like, there weren't discord communities of there you would like forums no. right like that was mm-hmm. like the og like discords now are just like OG forums kind of like brought to this very like yeah. animated life, and it's That's true. You you have to tackle the world in such a different way now. Yeah, it's very different, uh, but it, it's neat to see it evolve, especially as someone who's you know played games for years and years and years. It's like the games didn't used to have to worry about that at all. That it was kind of like the the old what the old Miyamoto quotes like uh. A delayed game is eventually good, but a, a rushed out one is like bad forever. And it's like that's not really true anymore. Like some games have had disastrous launches, like truly like terrible. Like I think a great one, uh No Man's Sky was a great example of this, where like they sold people on a game that didn't exist when it came out. Like they 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 made all these like broad promises about what the game was going to be and all the potential, and then it was like it didn't live up to like a quarter of that but now if we look at it like gosh four or five years later that game is like huge and thriving and they actually added a lot of the stuff that never made it in when it came out and there's a huge community behind it and it's actually had like crazy success because of that and 
I think it's just a, a great example of like things, whether we like it or you don't like it is irrelevant. Like most of the, these big game companies are transitioning more into the live service model. And that's something I do think Hearthstone doesn't get quite enough credit for as a game is like, it's not perfect. Like there are things that can be done better and we've talked about them before and we'll talk about them again, but the general work that goes into like maintaining a game this big with like so many live service aspects to it, like looking at other comparable games, I really do think Hearthstone does like one of the the better jobs. Like they are constantly pumping out content for this game. Like now that we have mini sets in between releases now, Mini sets uh, are huge. And they've divided it up. Mini sets are so good. Yeah, like, yeah. We, we all remember, like, how expansions would be where it's like, new cards would come out, and something would be OP, and then they'd nerf it, and then eventually it would settle, and then we'd be dealing with, like, the same decks for, like, two months or three months or something. And people would just get bored of it, right? Like, I don't know how people made content around it. Like, I get, I can understand streaming it, but... God help you if you're trying to do YouTube stuff, like, good luck. Um, it, it just seems really, really difficult. But now, not only do we have more regular constructed stuff, they've also really leaned heavily into Battlegrounds, and they're starting, I think, to lay the foundation to lean into Mercenaries a bit more heavily. I do think they need to uh, reconcile a little bit with uh, the bad taste they left in a lot of people's mouth at launch, though. I think it can't really be underestimated, like, the the image they kind of put with the game at the beginning that I think just did not leave a positive impression on regular Hearthstone players. Like, yeah. like a lot of people I know, especially people who like spend a decent amount of money on the game, um, who you'd probably consider to be whales, and they're like, I really like Hearthstone, and I like playing it, and I don't regret the money I've put into it, but if they're asking me to put that much money into a new mode on top of the regular stuff i'm not really about that you know like that's the, the game's already it's not cheap like yeah you can play it free to play but like it's it's not like inexpensive if you do want to spend money on it i mean what we have the the skin bundles in the store now it's like three skins and just under 10 packs for like 25 dollars. that's like that's like a whole yeah, game or two those Mm -hmm. imagine if they just like instead of the $50 bundles or whatever it was like 10 and $15 bundles even like people would have been like oh that's not even that bad but yeah. like you're saying that's still a whole like it's essentially still a whole game forget about the $60 ones mm -hmm. yeah even just like a good like indie game or uh, a, a full AAA game on sale or something right like games go on sale all the time like that's one of the things I love about gaming as a hobby is you don't need to buy like every game on release Gaming can be a really, really cheap hobby because, like, you don't even have to wait that long. Like, you wait, like, three months or less sometimes after release. That game price is, like, cut in half most of the time. Like, game prices drop quickly unless we're talking, like, retro stuff. And so it's kind of awesome because, like, the amount of content you get out of a lot of games for the money spent is very... It's a very good ratio compared to, like, other forms of entertainment, like... Think about going to see a movie or something, right? Like you're paying, I don't know what it is now. For me, it's like 10 bucks or something for a ticket or something like that. And then maybe you get some snacks or whatever. Call it 15, 20 bucks or whatever. And that's for two, three hours of entertainment or something like that. So like 
I know that's how I've justified a lot of the money I've spent on Hearthstone over the years. Like, yeah, I've spent a lot of money on the game, but I look at the time I've spent on the game relative to the amount of money I've spent on the game, and it's, like, pretty good, like, in terms of, like, entertainment value costs. Like, it, uh... Oh, yeah. I, I think it's I mean, just... Yeah, comparing it to almost yeah. any, like, even, even if you're picking stuff, like, like as a meme, like, like food, like, literally, like, just, yeah. like, people that just, like, rip... <laughs> endless amounts of money on just like because they like good food or like they just like mm -hmm. food in general and like to me that's always i mean i've been a weird freak when it comes to like my my appetite my entire life and has just been super weird but i i've never been someone who like was an endless snacker or anything like mm -hmm. that but it, it's so easy to just rip hundreds of dollars a month on all kinds of there's like literally just like food that you eat and then it's just gone forever mm -hmm. you have your brain is happy for like a couple seconds and then you're full and then you keep going but like it's just this there's so many different forms and ways to spend your money that at the end of the day on games uh it definitely could be worse and especially when the mm -hmm. replayability is just through the window and with all these live service games yeah only gets better and better but the world is a, a tricky and finicky place this is true and uh things do get more expensive luckily we are not seeing that uh that price creep too much really in hearthstone uh i know we were talking about before the show i mentioned the the recent magic set and it is like a premium limited run set yada yada but it's essentially just a new modern masters but it effectively they're charging like i think it was like 16 dollars a pack or something and that's for like a normal pack of cards i think it might have two rares instead of one or something but like there are a lot of junk rares in there like there are going to be a lot of packs that you pay that 16 dollars and you get i mean they're cool cards but they're uh they're gonna be worth like a dollar or less or something or you get lucky and you open one of the 30 to 50 plus dollar cards and then you're happy yeah. and you feel like you made out like a bandit but it's it's that's gotten more expensive over time and obviously they have costs that things like hearthstone don't in terms of physical printing um but the the development stuff that all costs money like all that costs like time and effort from like people working there and so far we haven't really seen hearthstone get much more expensive in that regard which is a good thing for the future right like i think yeah. that's positive <laughs> yeah, yeah I think it only feels like they're just adding yeah the option now mm -hmm. like we didn't have the option to spend money on hearthstone until now now there's a bunch of different ways you can spend money and the prices are all reasonable it's but magic was kind of like the step ahead of that where it was you've always been able to spend a ton of money they're the next tier ahead where they're like all right how much what can we do with these crazy prices and are offering these like really yeah. extreme value bundles <laughs> yeah. and stuff? Like, I mean, Mercenaries is honestly the closest thing I think that Hearthstone has had to a like you if you want to pay a lot and kind of either risk it or speed up a process or something like that. Like, mm -hmm. but the the inflated price compared to potentially inflated reward. Mercenaries is really the first that we've kind of dabbled with it. But yeah, Magic is on a whole other level. Um, but sorry, what were you gonna say? Was it piece of cut you off? Though. Yeah, I was going to say basically kind of how you're going off, though, like with different prices and everything, like on Mercenaries and stuff. Mercenaries has been definitely the highest, I would say, of all the modes for sure, especially when we saw those pre-order purchases mm -hmm. where there was like, what, three bundles and they were, I think all of them were like 50 above. And there was like the Savannah, so I was like 30 or something. Yeah, two fifties and a 30. Yeah, so just right there, if you pre-ordered all of that, that would be $130 before the game's even out. 
So like right mm-hmm. there, you can get like two full price games besides that. And this is just for the pre-order for the mode. So, you know, we'll kind of have to see where it goes with pricing and stuff. But I think recently they have been doing better, um, especially with the new bundles for people who have been buying them. Uh, like if you already own the mercenaries, now at least it's like guarantee gives a skin for them, which is a lot better than just like however many coins it was. Yeah, the coins our... thing was trash. It was awful. <laughs> yeah, it's like you were paying extra money to get exactly this mercenary. It's like, hey, we'll give you like a hundred extra coins, but it's like, no, the skins are the things that you know that and kind then of you have going it maxed, for and stuff. And it ba- yep. basically is the coins are just them giving you the finger. <laughs> it's like, hey, you had to spend money? Screw you. Have some coins you can't use. Like, uh, that was that was really not. It, it it really felt like they were like asking you not to spend money on some of the stuff mm-hmm. and the the store is far from perfect like one thing i complain about endlessly is like hey i want to give you guys some money and i want to get this thing i want but i'm not just going to blindly open packs for it because the odds of that working out for me are not good under the current system so i'm going to wait until there's a bundle in the store or whatever for a character i want and then i will throw you some money but you know what really impedes that progress is when they keep throwing me this fucking edwin bundle for the fifth yeah. time and i have edwin maxed i have all his skins they, they threw me a chigi bundle it's like why like i have all the skins i have him maxed like do you think i'm gonna buy this is it just like at this point i'm convinced the selection is just limited like they have a small uh, pool because i've seen it multiple times it's it rotates it's like edwin yeah. uh what was Anduin, it? Anduin, Malfurion. And, yeah, Ed, Anduin, Malfurion, Edwin, Longjin. It rotates between like the same like five or six or something, and it's yep. like fuck off, Edwin. I don't need you right now. Like it, and that's like literally, from my perspective, costing them money. Like, hey, if you threw a Queen Ashara, or I could pick Queen Ashara in that place mm-hmm. of Edwin, you would have some more money from me. <laughs> but you're not, and you don't. <laughs> And it's It'd be just like silly. illegal in some way. Like it's it seems almost too easy to be able to like check your collection, offer you a bundle that you don't have. But is that like yep. I could totally believe that that steps and crosses over all kinds of they have like, a setting for that actually. Like, they have a setting for you can turn on or off. Uh, there's a setting in Hearthstone where you can make the shop kind of learn from really yeah it's a thing in the game um i've tried it on and off it didn't seem Mm -hmm. to change very much for me with mercenaries there actually is a new thing that they have been testing this week i think and i actually saw it in my shop um so what happens at least it's uh with only standard right now but whenever you go up to certain rank they offer you a new bundle based on your rank in the game (laughs) so it's like i think bronze is like you get three packs and then it's like once you hit silver it would be like worth seven gold would be i think like 15 or like 12 i think and then it was platinum then you would have golden packs diamond you would yeah, have it was like both regular golden gold. and regular yeah and then legend i don't know what that one is but yeah so they have been doing that where at least it's checking your rank in the game and it only gets offered to you when you hit that certain rank yep and then i think it's in the shop for like three days after you hit it it's a limited Something time like thing, yeah, and it's mm, like, like you said, it's based off of your rank, and it's not okay. everyone's getting this. They they mention it's like kind of a a promo thing. Uh, speaking of crazy promo things, I don't know if you guys heard about this. They're doing uh, there was like an image popping up of someone getting gifted like 
150 free Hearthstone packs. It was like 75 oh, yeah. standard, 75 Sunken City. People were like, what is this? Like, I, I want these free Hearthstone packs. And eventually Blizzard like commented about it. Apparently in the UK and France, if you haven't played Hearthstone in like a really long time, not everybody, but some people who have had like inactive accounts or whatever, you go back, you might have an offer or and they're just free. It's not even like, oh, the other ones you have to buy. Like those rank ones, like it's like it's a deal, it's cheaper, but you have to like buy those. You just have the option to buy them. This it's it's free. And it's anywhere between 20 packs and 150 packs. And huh. it's re it's like part of some new test thing they're doing. It's only in the UK and France, but if we have any listeners over there, check your stuff if you're not an active player, because you might have some free stuff. Um, but that's just like another example of this kind of thing. And I think something like that could go a long way in, uh, like, we we were talking about, like, hey, they left a pretty sour taste in people's mouth at launch. You know what would make that a lot less sour? If you're like, hey, yeah, I mean, they don't have to say it like this, but hey, we screwed up. Like, <laughs> like we, uh, we rug pulled you a little bit. And uh, to make up for that and give this mode another chance here, have, like, 30 packs have 50 packs whatever on us mm -hmm. or something like give people like a head start or some reason to do it and like because they know the value of that right like they they know like that's worth they some money yeah. like and whatnot and uh i i think they didn't even fully like explain perfectly how rare the diamonds were when those pre-orders were a thing because if you tried to get a diamond on launch outside of those pre-orders good luck like you were spending an absurd amount of money. I dropped a bunch of money on launch because I realized I really wanted to get into the PvP and I was trying to like speed my way there. And I got like nothing for skins. Like I remember my first skin, I don't even remember how many packs it was. It was far too many. And my first legendary skin, it was for fucking Illidan, and it wasn't even one of his cool skins. It was, and it, bad. It was before he was buffed too, so he was just yeah. useless. And it was like his uh his elf version before he uh yeah. before he became blind and stuff. And it just I was just like you you're kidding me like <laughs> for a character like and that was after spending like a bunch of money on packs opening up packs and it just was not a good system like it was probably good for their bank account but it's not sustainable in the long term uh because you're not with all the issues the game had you're not going to be having that many players wail out because like the future felt very uncertain um and whatnot so i think there's like I think it would be very smart of them to when they do go through with hey we're adding the end game pv one i think i don't know how but it would be great if the the main game pv could be cleaned up a little bit i'm not really sure the best way to do it but i really think there could be something here if they found a way to make players like have to think a little bit more or have a little bit more of a challenge in some way but it's like a really tricky thing right because like they should have the normal stuff there for like new people so they can just like breeze through it but maybe this is like a legendary mode or i i think this game would actually kill with like a a roguelike or a roguelite mode where it's like it, repeatable like i think a lot of people loved the idea of hey slay the spire meets hearthstone like there are people who were sold as soon as they heard somebody mention slay the spire right and i understand why i've played a lot of that game and it's awesome and it's literally endlessly replayable 
I'm never booting up Slay the Spire, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be boring. I'm going to replay the same map I played before with the same team. No, no, it's different every time. And I think Mercenary has tried to do that a little bit with, like, the the treasures and and maybe, to a lesser extent, like, the, the speed tie stuff where things happen differently and there's some RNG, but it, it it it's not enough to keep it feeling like a fresh experience. Like, if I'm doing a bounty on normal... I know I'm going to win. It is very unlikely that I'm going to lose unless I made a very poor decision or had a poor team along the way. Um, and that's not really the case in these like roguelike games. Like That's kind of what makes them exciting is you don't know if you're going to get to the boss every time. But when you do, it's a really good feeling. So like to me, that's like a huge thing that's missing from PvE. And maybe that'll be the end game, but... I think it'd it's be, gotta be right. Like, yeah, you'd have to imagine they're they're gonna because they, if they don't do that, right? Like that, can, in a sense, that's kind of what you're saying is like if they if you don't do that, like what is the PVE? And then you, yeah, you can't leave the other thing. We're gonna wait for the, another third time. It seems like the first yeah. most obvious thing to do would make some kind of infinitely repeatable slash yeah procedurally generated run that that isn't just like new people. Like literally, all it has to do is like take a random bounty from or like a random bounty fight from any different map and just randomly throw it in there and stack up 10 of those and if you can do the 10 then you get a boss that's a random boss or whatever and it's jacked up then you do it again and it's a new 10 every time that would be i think that would be enough for so 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 many people but that's like a minimum i think if anything we're probably expecting fancier than that like at least mm -hmm. i am i think when i hear them talking about these like lofty updated pve goals with like they even we didn't even really talk about it that much, honestly. I'd be curious, maybe we should talk about it a little bit now, of the fact that they alluded to the idea that you can like enhance specific characters with mm -hmm. your excess coins. We didn't really say what that might be, but it made it they made it sound like it was going to extend out of the PvE potentially. That like you could give them an augment of some kind. Maybe you have to earn it or buy it, or maybe it just stays in the PvE, but I don't know. But I'm kind of expecting a lot for the PvE once we get there, not just shuffle up every bounty and spit yeah. out 10 at a time yeah yeah i think it's going to be a full like new separate thing um and i hope it is like they, ha they have whole new mechanics in it and everything that like would be cool and definitely more than just new bounties that are harder yeah. i yeah. want definitely a better experience and all of that and then also how at least they are building just outside of the actual pve like bounty is now at least that you can use the extra coins somehow into it so it's also something a little bit outside of that too instead of oh mercenaries are maxed now it's just whatever's in the bounty so this might you know change your ways kind of like maybe you could do like different abilities or something going in or you roll for that so mm -hmm. you know kind of like in that roguelike aspects sometimes where you run through things a lot and you make your guys stronger maybe it's something like that so that'd be cool if there's kind of like imagine if there was like a talent tree for like instead yeah. of mercenaries but like just for your whole party or something like mm -hmm. an overall thing yeah. where it would be like stats or like new abilities or treasures like that would be something really cool it's like only for this say like it was the legendary mode so it's like only legendary modes you have like a talent tree for that and then you play it more and it's like every win is like maybe would add like a point or something you can do that and like give you like new abilities and stuff or like hey you spawn with like a special merc that you can only use in pve or something like that would be something cool just like new things that you can earn and play with yeah uh, that's a good thing to talk about i think 
uh, I'd have to go digging for the exact quote, but I think the uh, the thing Malhu was mentioning was when they first kind of mentioned, I don't know if it was talking about the excess coins or endgame specifically, but they were basically saying, hey, yeah, we're going to have a use for excess coins. And one of the things, or I don't even think they said one of, they said, basically our idea is they're going to be able to power up your character more. But I think the way that they said it, they made it pretty clear that this was going to be a PVE thing because the problem is you really can't do that in PVP unless you're doing something relatively simple like uh, increasing levels or increasing skill levels across the board. You have to make there be a cap for everybody. Because we've already seen the issues, right, with current PvP where it sucks when you're not maxed and you don't have that extra 5 HP or that extra 2 damage or something, right? Because is it going to matter all of the time? No. But those times it does matter, it feels really, really bad because, like, when you know you would have won or killed a mercenary and it lives because you just didn't do that little bit of extra grinding, that stings. Mm -hmm. That sucks. And that, I think, that just the thought of that keeps people out of PvP until they're like, all right, I've got my whole team max. Like, I know so many people, and I felt that way myself at points where it's like, they they just want it all the way maxed because then, then you're really figuring out everything. You don't have to relearn stuff either. Like, breakpoints aren't really as important as they used to be, but in mm -hmm. launch mercenaries, breakpoints were really, really important. And in some cases, they can still matter, but like, that would all change, your math would change be based on, like, this little bit of extra HP, or this little bit of extra damage, and so they really can't, like, they can't do an idea of, hey, you're pumping your characters full of excess coins to make them stronger, because the people playing from the start, and also people who, like, cheat with, like, bots and stuff, would have an insurmountable advantage. Like, it would just then the game would legitimately become essentially pay to win, uh, whether that's with money or time, because I could take my thirty thousand Rokara coins and make a really jacked Rokara, and I could bully people in PvP with it, right? <laughs> like depending on what the, the 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 buffs do. So I think that has to be a PVE exclusive thing. There's still cool things you can do with that, but I think myself and a lot of other players were initially disappointed by that because as pvp focused people that's not really what we wanted to hear <laughs> like we we didn't want like hey they'll be useful in this mode this part of the mode that you already don't really care about very much that still has a long time to go before we you even see the thing where it's going to be useful uh and so it's like it, it made it really easy to feel like well that's not really the solution we wanted for extra coins mm -hmm. And then, as we heard nothing about it for months and months after that, I think most people, including myself, got to the point where I was just like, "All right, that's just what they're doing. Like, they're we're not getting an exchange. We're like that that ship has sailed. Like, if they if they were gonna do that, they would have said that much much sooner." Was kind of the mindset I had, but and I I mean you can still see how surprised I was by it because I didn't read the patch before I did my little video for it. And I was just like, I literally, I was like shocked when I read it. I was like, did I just read that? Like, <laughs> I can't believe they're doing it. And so I think that it's just great that they're going to be doing 
not just PvE endgame for your extra coins. Like, I really like that we're going to have an option to choose, and maybe the PvE endgame stuff will be relevant enough where I won't want to dump my 30,000 Rokara coins into yeah, conversion. That, that's the dream. Yeah, that, that's like, the most, to, like, we haven't talked about that pick, really. Right? Like, yeah. like, because if the PvE endgame is really good, then I have an incentive to not necessarily convert all my coins, and you've got to imagine they want that, right? Because they don't want... Yeah. I haven't counted, but I'm sh- I'm positive I'm over half a million at this point, and mm-hmm. which is just so silly. <laughs> over half a million coins, extra coins. That's not counting all the coins I've maxed characters with. That's purely extras. I think we did the math when the total mercs were at like mid seventies, mm-hmm. and to fully max a collection back then, uh, it was about. 230 or 240,000 coins to fully max from nothing. So I had in extra coins enough to max out two more times on top of like full max. Like that's just silly. And it really feels like the only reason that system has been in place is because that is kind of the, the way they get like the, the ultra whales, like the, the 2000 miles below the sea, whales like they're they're down in the the dark depths and they have the the fattest of credit cards and they're just like all right like i'm going to drop my one two three thousand dollars trying to get all these skins for this game and in theory you could spend that much money and not end up with all the skins like which is pretty absurd at first we were talking about hey you could get a game or two for the price of this (laughs) pre-order now we're talking about like hey you could buy like a a, a kind of shitty used car (laughs) like (laughs) yeah the insane ludicrous i mean and obviously like diablo immortal got kind of panned for a similar type of thing it was like what's up with these ceilings that aren't actually there like that is Maybe that the is ceiling is the weird, sky. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's this like weird negative side effect of the fact of the thing that we were talking about before of these like mm-hmm. as the games almost have to get like so complex, but like that type of complexity where it's just like an endless sprint in one direction, like that's certainly mm-hmm. not what anybody wants. Yes, obviously, probably makes a lot of money because some people try and but that that's a a good example you yeah, have like complexity or kind of like a, a trick or a labyrinth for the player that isn't actually a positive one or mm-hmm. it doesn't have anything positive aside from just like the high of gambling right that exactly yeah so pretty that, much that gets scary pretty quickly it's do you think yeah. they would ever get rid of the max bonus i don't the, think the they plus would. Plus five if if they if they introduce the way to use excess coins essentially do you think they ever back up on that and say okay you know what you don't have to worry about the stats anymore. Like everything that you use your excess coins for now is like, is a choice essentially. Right. Cause I think that was a part of why mm-hmm. people felt so bothered by the max mm-hmm. bonus stats from before, where it was like, it's not like my opponent chose to do something cool and made their guy fire type. And I'm a playing a full water and, or a full grass type deck or whatever. And I just got owned. No, it was just like, they, they just have bigger numbers than me. I have the exact same character as them. They didn't make a choice. They didn't choose almost to max their character in a way, or there there was no like talent tree type of decision like that. Yeah, it was but a skillful choice. Yeah, exactly. So like if they introduce ways, multiple ways of being, yeah, like do you want to cash it in for more characters? Do you want to make this character sick? Do you want to make this a, a different form of something? Do you think they ever revert the the max bonus? 
I don't uh, think so. <laughs> yeah. I would love them to. I, I don't think it's ever going to happen. It's just, it's, they, okay. they would need another carrot on a stick to get people to max. Like, because right now, that is your carrot on the stick, right? Like, how many characters no have one or two items that are just totally awful that you're never going to play with? Um, you would just never level those, right? Uh, unless, like, something comes up down the line later, but, like, you would never level those because you wouldn't need to to get to max. Like, that's what I'm doing with the Yogg right now. He's my last Merc I need for full max, and I have, like, 45 1-1 runs to go with him or something. Not bad. <laughs> and, uh... He's fine with it, but I'm leveling up his item, and it's his middle item, and it's the one that impacts his, like, ability that makes another character attack. And it's like, I'm never going to use this item, or at least, currently, the other two items are so much better, no plans to use this item. But I'm still doing it because I want that extra attack and that extra 5 HP, because especially in the old gods comp, when he gets maxed out, both he and Nazoth are at 80. And what that means is Valera will not auto-target your Yogg-Saron. Now, there could be an argument for leaving him unmaxed, and that's actually been a weird thing that's come up a few times, like, specifically yeah. with Reno and Chi-Gi in a build Frankie popularized, was you wanted an unmaxed Reno and a maxed Chi-Gi because then Valera always went for the Reno, and if both were maxed, she would go for the Chi-Gi, and you did not want that because it would mess up the plan for the comp. And that's a really weird thing, too, because once you max, you can't opt out of it. You can't say, all right, I'm just going to take these coins back or I'm just going to take my old stats back. No, like you're locked in. And we saw even at launch, they actually talked about this a bit at launch. And I'm kind of glad they didn't do it because I think it would be a nightmare for PvP balance is someone mentioned it made sense to not level uh, Sylvanas's skill one, because if you kept it low, she was slow and you could combo it with Diablo's Apocalypse. So you could get the crit with Sylvanas. And it was just like, it was it, it was such a fringe thing, and it was never relevant to the PvP meta. But for like a few days, people were like, oh man, you know, I already leveled my Sylvanas. Like, oh, that sucks. I can't do this cool little combo. And even one of the developers, I think, said like, you know, maybe in the future we'll make it so you can like pick or something. Don't I, I don't think they're going to, but don't fucking do that. It, it would be an absolute nightmare. Can you imagine seeing your opponents like Vol'jin or Sylvanas or something and just being like, all right, this is somewhere between four and seven speed and we're going to find out when they use it. Like, yeah. it would be awful. It would be awful. Mm-hmm. It would be hard. I mean, if any, it would be harder. And it would, it's one of those things where It'd be it, would impossible. Like, it would be cool. Like, it, it's, it makes it even more difficult. But by God, this game does not need to get harder. No. That is the last, like, on the tier list of things, on the laundry list of things to change your help or effect about mercenaries, making, increasing the complexity of, or just difficulty of an average game is. That part is great already. <laughs> Let's deal with everything else. Let's deal with accessibility. Because if anything, we're going to run into that problem later. Where mm-hmm. once we finally make it accessible enough, I honestly think that people will be turned off by how hard it is. Like, I remember just mm-hmm. when I was streaming it, people would be like, how do you play this game without a calculator? Like, mm-hmm. how how are you not needing to, like, con- I mean, and obviously just, like, playing it all the time and getting used to it, like... For, for someone that just jumped into mercenaries, it would just blow your mind of like the math that you would have to do every single turn mm-hmm. in various permutations of potential outcomes 
for like 10 turns straight uh, for just a single game. It was literally playing a game of chess every single game. And I think that that might actually end up biting us in the butt. But right now the entrenched players are either very used to it, very already skilled at it. And so that's why they've been able to hang on almost as long as they have been, or they are just willing to put in the work to learn it. But or I they think, just don't play honestly, PvP. <laughs> yeah, or, or you <laughs> just play PvP. Just yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just talking about PvP for sure. Um, but I honestly think that when we make the game more accessible, I think we're going to run into this interesting new problem of like, okay, the game is so dummy hard. Do we do anything about it? Is, is there a, a number crunch or whatever? Because I still look fondly back on the early, or like there's nothing like the good old like, spread the excel spreadsheet team builder mercenaries like the yep. carry of rome and thrall and just samuro just doing numbers mm -hmm. on an excel sheet like that to me is just a, a feeling in mercenaries that we'll probably never recreate unless we do a number crunch unless we actually do right like get rid of the the max trait in some way or like rechange all the numbers or do one of the crazy like speed shifts that we've kind of yeah. talked about of like everyone's 10 speed faster or everyone's like third like who knows what right but uh, I, I can't wait to see if we run into that kind of barrier down the road of like, huh, this game is hard. Yeah, and kind of going off what you're saying, like a number crunch, I think eventually we'll have to, because even just looking at this last drop... WoW loves them. Diablo loves them. Like, it's been a precedent yeah. Yeah. in, like, most Blizzard games. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, because the one thing, like, even we're seeing right now is there is a huge power creep basically happening right now. Mm -hmm. Like, looking at a lot of these teams... Maybe not so much at the start, but especially with like some end benches where you can have like Tyrion buffs and Elise buffs and other things like mercenaries are like having like sometimes like 30 to 50 attack and it's just like, oh, they act and my other mercenaries dead. Yeah. Or there's yeah, like never now, saw that. Yeah. And same with like Sylvanas now. I see like on average, there's like an 80 attack Sylvanas <laughs> coming in. Yeah. And it's just like, what do you do against that? Oh, it's like, oh, I'm going to kill the 80 attack Sylvanas. Or Wait, you she tie. gets me for 80 on everything. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, and just, it's like a big deal to try. I remember like when we were testing like some of the like the MAM stuff back with like the early Sylvanas, we were like, mm -hmm. oh man, like do we go, is it worth it to go through all of this extra labor to get her to go from 30 to 35? Yeah. And like that was like a win, you would win a matchup based on being able to have like that extra trigger. Like if you could activate Samuro like one more time, then you'd get 40 and it was just the nuts. And yeah, now yeah. we're easily hitting like 70 and 80. Like yeah, now you're game. right off the bat, boom, you're getting that much damage. It's, yeah, it's yeah. you know what really made it kind of clear to me was, so I did a tier list recently, right? And uh, these tier lists are always kind of fun. I, I do them based on PvP. And the tier list... When I was looking at it, I, I did like, so A are like the super playable, B are like solid, but like a little bit below A, C is like fringe playable, so it's like the characters are right, and they might see play in a comp or two, but they're not like super meta characters, and then D is just like unplayable currently. And looking at all the D characters in the tier list, almost all of them, actually maybe even all of them, all of them with the exception of... Exception of Zwen and Rathian and uh, Vanessa are launch characters. Every single huh. one. And they're about, I think they're over 20 of them or so. Like a good, yeah, it's, it's like 24, 25 characters in D tier. And almost literally all of them, but like two or three are launch characters. And to me, that says 
wow, we've really power crapped the hell out of the standard for launch. Like some characters were already at that level, right? Like at launch, like Karen Diablo were kind of at that level, right? Like for better or for worse, they've seen play in pretty much every metagame that's existed. Sometimes they've been the top dog. Sometimes they've been a little bit more fringe. Sometimes they almost disappeared entirely, but even then they weren't really bad characters they just weren't like positioned for the environment, like when Sinestra became a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really interesting because the characters that were good from back then have not gotten any worse, like for the most part. Some have, but most of them have either stayed really good and some have gotten better because we've gotten new synergies. Like Shadow has been the the most recent benefit where it's like you have so many good shadow characters now, in part because the old gods are shadow characters. Ranking them out, yeah. And that it's just like it's like Frost at the start. It's like, all right, Frost had two good characters, and they just pumped out two like insane characters for Frost. And now we're kind of getting that for Shadow, where it's like, all right, like not only did we get some good shadow support with Kazakus and the Queen, who already would have pushed it like further over the edge. Like, now we have all these old gods, which are really, like, you almost can't cram all the, the shadow stuff you want in one comp. Like, there's so much of it. But the synergy is, like, the thing, like, synergy is so powerful in Mercenaries. And, mm-hmm. like, when you see a comp that is synergizing well and playing off of that versus a comp that isn't, it really feels night and day. And it feels like your character has to be doing something very broken on its own to justify that inclusion or it has to combo in a really nutty way like for example the the kind of the carriel humans back line where that i mean carriel didn't see play for a long time after launch but now the fact that you get a full heal with her and the fact that you can speed that up with rogers sometimes to make like an instant boom you kill something you heal your whole team leroy's ready to go again at zero speed like those type of things are really incentivizing players to play with these specific characters together even though like they're all humans but like none of those characters really are caring about human abilities right like they they don't have an ability that's buffing their other humans they just happen to all be humans who work well together whereas shadow is kind of like they, now they have shadow malfurion and the queen which is like already crazy on its own and then yeah. she has some nuts abilities even after like the pseudo nerf bug fix where she doesn't protect the whole team anymore. She just protects herself. She's still busted. She's still really, really like high a tier character. And it feels like the tribes that didn't do great on launch, they haven't gotten much support since then. And there's been very little to buff up these characters to even make them compete with the launch mercenaries who were tiers above them. Like, Frost was always high tier, even when it was just Jaina and Varden, right? Frost Tyrion was a deck back then, right? Jaina, Varden, Tyrion. And then you had your bench, which you buffed up. And that was like, I mean, Mull, who knows? Because he still plays it to this day. <laughs> a little bit modified no with Jaina, Local R yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, no Jaina. Jaina's illegal. <laughs> no ace block in this household. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, the the point stands, though. It's like... These characters, like, looking at them, I see demons, I see murlocs as the two biggest tribes, holies down there. It's like, these are cool uh, tribes. They just needed to not beef Tyrael, and then it would have yeah. been maybe a start, but... 
Yeah, and he's not bad. I think no. Tyrael and the Holy Comp right now, Tyrael and Yarel are cool characters no. that their abilities really are not bad. It's just you have to play them with other characters, which the, the synergy between them isn't enough to make up for how bad the other characters you have to play. And they're characters that care so much about their tribe, or in this case, like the, the Holy Spell School, that you can't really get away with saying just throwing a Tyrael in your Shadow Comp or your Humans Comp or whatever, like, because he needs the synergy to yeah. be good, like, in order for him to be good. And it's kind of like a parasitic design type of thing. They've talked about this in, like, Standard and other places with, uh, with like, tribal stuff specifically. It's like, it's a finely balanced thing with tribal stuff because you want... Usually, tribal stuff is very appealing to new players because the the game is kind of nudging you in a direction, right? Like, it's saying, hey, you have these humans or you have these shadow units. Well, this one heals you when you use them, and this one gives your other things more shadow damage. And it's like, oh, it, and that's part of the fun, right? Is like a player figuring out, like, oh, these two things work together, and that benefits me. Um, it's It can be a great experience, like, organically learning that through the game, but the the level of difference between some of these different tribes is just like it's so far away from each other and there could always be an argument of like oh well hey maybe this is more pve oriented right that could be a legitimate argument except most of these characters that are bad in pvp with a handful of exceptions are not good in pve either like they, they aren't doing anything more effective than the best comps. Some of them you can run and still be effective, like orcs are a good example. Like, that can work in PvE. Holy can work in PvE better than PvP. But, like, murlocs, for example, beasts, like, it, it's just, it's still not really good. And even the ones you can play in PvP, or not PvP, in PvE, they aren't as good as, like, the best comps and it's like not close so that's why when i did like and i'm still planning on doing a new player guide thing soon an updated one it's like i recommended cores to people because like i'd say like the fire core or the frost core because this is a comp that not only is it good in pve so you can do some farming and get more characters and coins and progress but you can also just take those same characters and you're already more than halfway to building a pvp comp and so it's like you're getting something that works for both modes. Whereas if you're just randomly picking characters you like, you don't have any information about the meta or PVP or anything. Maybe you happen to pick orcs and you really like orcs, but you go to PVP and you find out, well, a full orc build just isn't really very viable right now. We have some good orc characters, but the synergy just isn't really there, especially compared to some of the stuff we see now. And with that power creep stuff, the, the threshold is really, really high for some characters to see play sometimes. Like, Tyrael's not a bad character, but the bar is so high to be able to lead with a green right now that he doesn't come close to that bar on his own or with synergy in the current pool. It's like, that bar is so high because you need your character to get value quickly or get value when it dies. Same. One and that's like right now. yeah that's the bar because of yasharaj uh so it's like or you have sylvanas in the back but in terms of lead greens you have valira 
you have Elise, you have Tyrion, you have Nefarian, and sometimes Belinda. And that's really it in terms of lead greens right now because that's crazy. Any other green, you're just going to have a really, really bad time against Yasharaj, who's very prominent and powerful. Or Trigor, I guess, right? Like those are the that two too. Yep, that it's like, not just or, or Yasharaj. Or, I mean, there there is so yeah. many. I mean, it's, but <laughs> those I, are the big three. <laughs> we, and and but we keep saying, like, honestly, like I think we almost do need to remember that we were saying, like, like the colors truly have been taking rock paper scissors yep. turns in the lead. Like I, I think. Yet again, this is just another one of those weird perception problems that Mercenaries has that may, maybe will continue to eternally shoot itself in the foot with this, literally just this perception of the way that it rotates around. But it's doing a good job of having like casters were great and then fighters are great and now protectors are great and then we keep going. As yeah. long as it does keep going, yes, when you look at it, it looks like in a vacuum, protectors are broken, fighters suck. This game is dog shit. Blah, like, the, and you just the, people are almost baited to think those things, and that will cause strife and discomfort within those looking at the game from, especially from the outside looking in. Mm -hmm. But of, of, of those of us who have been on the inside, we do need to remember that, yeah, we kind of <laughs> turn by turn, we said, "Oh man, we want this other color to be good soon," and then it was, and then we say, "Okay, well now we want the other color to be good soon," and then it was, and then. It continues to spin. That might have been an outlier because the dream scenario is right where every color is great. You can play whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Whatever you run into, it's just as likely right to run into uh, Yasharaj as it is to run into a Valera as it is to run into a Jaina, right? Like mm -hmm. the, that it could be each of those colors in equivalent percentages. That's the dream. That's like the Pokemon style. Like you just run out into the wilderness. Mm -hmm. find a random trainer who knows what they're playing and you throw down right but we're not necessarily there yet but we're also only now reaching the point where every color has had its time in the sun after that hopefully it stabilizes into everything is great but honestly i wouldn't even hate another rotation through of the colors being good yes it changes your comp yes you have to kind of respond to it or find a new color or find a new strat but with for everything that we kind of say feels weird or there or you just can't do things right now right uh, it changes it has changed historically and hopefully it will continue to change in the good ways that it's been doing so far yeah i just yeah, hope I it's think... a bit less ha heavy-handed with things like Trigor. Yeah. like it's yeah, fine getting... <laughs> exactly, when it happens yeah. naturally like with mm -hmm. new character releases and stuff that's fine uh but i think when like a character <laughs> and that's the danger with buffs right like uh they don't have that data to look at of there is probably next to no data on Trigor, for example. Nobody was yeah. playing with him after release. Like people tried him a little bit and didn't work out That's very why well. I got buffed so hard. <laughs> like yeah. the, the numbers almost weren't there, but if they were, they would have seen that it, it might have pushed it way too far. I mean, obviously this buff was like probably the Easily the would, best. Would you say that? Yeah. Would you yeah. say Nothing that the is close. buff is the biggest buff in terms of like a delta of playability that any character went under? I, I pro probably right. Yeah. yeah. I'd say that one. Um, Taronda too. High yeah. Taronda and probably I'd say uh, Yulon definitely. Is yeah, Yulon's a pretty yeah. big one. Too. Yulon has already seen a lot of play though, at least for that mm -hmm. one. So I think I think that's a good point to say like Yulon. The way that Yulon was played changed like pretty. Oh yeah. Pretty significantly, but yeah, I think Taronda is a good one of updated 
updated Toronto way up there. Yeah, I would say probably, yeah, Trigor and then Grom. I think, honestly, Grom. I think Trigor Grom was Grom. huge at the time. Then, yeah. He was very huge. He's yeah, just not as, like, relevant now. But in terms of, like, Delta, like, the uh, buff that made a character from, like, unplayable to playable. Like, yeah. think about it. We wouldn't have had GVT. Like, GVT was such an integral part of the meta for, like, so long that, like, dictated the meta for a while. Like, you didn't have a good answer for Grom, Valera, Thrall. You were gonna have a bad time, and that would not have worked if you didn't have the the Grom at two, and it was back to four. So that was huge. I think that's right up there. Um, I did want to talk a little bit of meta stuff before we wrap up here, though. Um, so I do have some HS replay stats here and all that. So figured we'd just take a, a quick look and talk about that. Maybe our experience a little bit. Um, so I took a little bit of time off. I took a longer weekend. It was nice having a little bit of a break. Uh, not really for any particular reason, just like enjoying life a little bit. Um, it's, it's nice to, to give yourself a little bit of a break and come back in with like fresh eyes, but um looking at the the top of hs replay right now in the top 10 percent uh, right now i'm sorting by win rate instead of the most games but over the past week and a half or so i think this is really interesting the the top comp right now the two at the top with the highest win rate it's basically the same comp except with one item difference but it's frost so it's localar jane of arden lead and then the bench is Belinda, Tyronda, and Bane. And this was a build I tried out, and it's kind of like the new version of Full Frost, where basically you have your three Frost open, Belinda comes in afterwards as your like fourth Frost unit, because you'll still have like either Localar or Jaina alive, and they can pump Belinda, and then you have her Elemental off the bench, which can be nice. And then Tyronda and Bane are kind of your game-ending combo, because they're one of the few combos that you can actually basically one-shot a Sylvanas before it can get really big and scary, because you use the Band of the Wilds equipment on Tyronda, so you double up your next nature ability, and then Bane does his Stomp, which is 25 AoE, so against a green, you're critting for 50, and it's hitting twice. And they did bug fix Bane, so now, when he gets a death blow, he resets your opponent's abilities to their original cooldown. Before, if you did that and your opponent had like a one cooldown ability, the turn would change. It would go to zero cooldown because like the turn would pass. Doesn't do that anymore. Mm. So, so he got even buffed yeah. by this bug fix, and it seems to be showing because the top two comps win percentage wise, sixty six and sixty five percent respectively. The only difference is uh, the top one has the extra health and healing power. And the one just 1% below it has the totem for Bane's item. Those are the highest win percent comps in the uh, top 10% on HS Replay, which is pretty wild when uh, yeah. we're talking about power creep and all this stuff. And Frost is still one of the top dogs out there after all this time. That's so nuts. I'd love to see the second, like, honestly, one of the coolest things, like one of the coolest trends I feel like that's popped up over Mercenary's history is that people really settled on these like two card combos on mm -hmm. their bench. And I love that there's another new one featuring two completely new characters in Taronda and Bane in that sense of the reworked Taronda. Um, mm -hmm. And then we're seeing the, the Taronda and the long shin. Wombo oh yeah. Combo too. Like, <laughs> these, like orbital laser cannons are coming out of mm -hmm. the bench now, which is, which is pretty sweet. 
But I mean, these are basically straight up control decks with a huge like combo laser cannon finish. Like pretty that's much, cool yeah. To see that as basically the best deck in the format right now. It's mm -hmm. yeah, and it's like also I do think even though it's like far from perfect, the format is in a pretty good place because it doesn't feel like there's one comp where you're like like last meta where you just queue up and you're like, all right, I can beat pretty much everything. Um, I think Frost, you do have a little bit of a chance, but the being able to get like the top percent with it, the RNG makes it a little bit out of your hands, and I think that's also keeping it in check a bit, because sometimes the Varden will high roll you, and sometimes it will low roll you, and that can make a pretty big difference. Like on stream today, Varden just kept sniping my Yasharaj, and I was like, you've <laughs> got to be kidding me, the only character it can crit, and I have summons on the board, so the odds are even lower, and <laughs> but over like i think so that's i think helping I mean, to keep frost down a little bit and like because you can't or, or it's a buff though like it's I mean, a little bit of both point, like that's the if, thing if this is getting 66 percent with a change to increase randomness like at what point do you think that that increase of randomness is actually making it better like varden's individual dps technically went up by like a lot to, in a way yeah everyone for a little yeah. bit the fact that it can just nuke someone for 30, 60, yeah. in many cases, uh, with that opener is... And the double slow, or triple slow, is really yeah. huge sometimes, too. So, it really feels like the, the Varda nerf, it was kind of a buff to skill one, but it was a nerf to cold snap, indirectly. Because I do not get snapped nearly as much, yeah. because the opponent can't rely on where their damage is going to plan for... <laughs> hey, they're going to be this amount slow next turn, yeah. and they're going to take this much damage so I can set up a snap. And oh, I know some fun. players really liked the snap. It could be fun when you were doing it, but the gameplay experience when you were not, and especially when snap was being sped up to two, was incredibly miserable. Um, yeah, so yeah. Having, <laughs> having a turn just taken away from you is definitely probably one of the worst experiences in the game. And they did it a lot. Like it wasn't yeah, just like yeah. one turn. It was like, okay, right. turn yeah. one, I'm going to freeze one of your things with the elemental. Turn two, I'm going to freeze all your things with Varden, mm -hmm. and then I'm also going to gain damage off of it, too. <laughs> and then it just got really, really absurd. Yep. Um, so I'm not surprised it's still one of the better comps, because, like, Varden was our first real and only, quote-unquote, nerf slash rework, and mm -hmm. they did not <laughs> kill the character. Yeah. They clearly don't have a desire to, when they nerf or change something, to they don't want to kill the character, which is... I think it's a good thing, right? I don't want them to Warsong Commander some of my mercenaries, right? Like, that's why I like the buffs, but some nerfs I think are still needed or reworks or whatever just to help with long-term health of the game. Like, Trigor isn't, like, great for long-term health. Um, let, let's look at a few more comps here, though, before we wrap up, because I just think this is... It's really neat to see. Uh, oh, yeah. The... What, what, uh... Let's see. Low range are we sorting by? Uh, right this now? is top 10%. So 7,700 uh, plus MMR. And it's going from the last patch, which was on the 27th of June. So it's been like a week and a half or so of data. Do keep in mind the frost comps at the comp or at the top do have a bit of a smaller sample size. They're about 300 mm -hmm. games each. So it is possible those numbers do go down as more people play them. Um, because yeah. uh, especially with that variance in RNG, that's a lower sample size. Whereas when we see things like the next comp below it, which has over double those games, 70 or 770 games, pulling in a 64% win rate, that might be better than Frost at, at that amount of games. 
Um, cause that's, that's a lot more games and it's still very high win rate. And that comp is kind of what I think is the new better version of Nefarian Trigor Valera. And it looks to just replace yeah, Valera cool with one. Reno. And I think the yeah. idea behind this is it really probably improves your matchup versus Shadow because the old version with Valera Nefarian, Shadow can delete your Valera and potentially your Nefarian and just destroy Trigor turn one two out of three times. You're going to win that flip and you're going to destroy them. They can still win, but like almost their whole board is deleted on turn one. So that comp still sees play, but the Reno in place of Valera seems to be doing better uh, against like more stuff in the meta. And then the bench is just the standard Karen, Longjin, Tyranda trying to do that like big finish um which is karen seems out of place that seems that karen seems replaceable to me i, I like, thought that at I, first uh, yeah he's speed. very good yeah the speed but between the aoe slow and being able to speed up your long gen when he's like really cracked out with all the extra arcane damage is pretty nuts it's like or if your opponent has like a bunch of blues which is popular now or some summons and you speed up tyranda and you you get the hit and then it triggers again and it, it gets really oh, yeah. out of control. Like Karen hundred percent absolutely core to that build, I think. I mean I've I've always really praised Karen for their ability to like it was always just such a good option to be able to bring it in when you still really weren't sure of how the game was going. And you're like, I don't want to sacrifice I don't want to just suicide my long shin out there. I don't want to sacrifice my Taronda. We can just go with Karen. We have the reincarnation. We can just get what are they going to blow everything on Karen and stop an Earth Stomp? No, but then it sets up this huge turn. So ah, I like it. It's cool. I'm glad that. Thanks for for clarifying that. Because yeah, this yeah. Deck seems sweet. I, I want to see more Reno for sure. Trigor is a little bit cringe, but everything else in this is really cool. It's it's fun. Deck. Yeah, I wonder if they'll ever go back and do like another rework on Trigor or anything, or if they'll just keep it. I, I'm thinking they'll probably just keep it as it is right now. Ah, uh, he's got to like get hit. He's gonna get hit. I hope so. I'm convinced. At least, Maybe at not least soon, but like we'll see. Death. Like, or if he's dying where it doesn't trigger. I would like to at least... Literally anything, yeah. Literally yeah. anything. Whether it's that, whether... I mean, we've talked about the solutions a bunch, but, like, I'm convinced at some point, some undisclosed point in time, Trigor is going to walk the wrong way into the nerf bat. Like, he, he's mm -hmm. just gonna... He's just gonna get smacked. Like, it's... It's... It's just by far, I think, the most limiting character in the game in terms of like he's the only character I had in tier S. And it's not even because he's in every comp, because like you guys can see the list, like yeah, a lot of these don't have Trigor. Like yeah. Trigor is not in every build by like a long shot. There are good comps that do not have Trigor in it, and actually the majority of more than half of the top comps are not Trigor comps. So mm. uh, that speaks to a lot because last meta he was it was literally the Trigor experience. Trigor. Like it was Trigor on Trigor violence. Like, and that was mercenaries. Um, but it's different now. Now that's why there's been a lot of praise for this meta, because even though it's not perfect, like there are things we'd like to see changed. Uh, you can actually play with different comps. Um, I'm going to speed read just through a few of the other ones, just so people know who don't have access to like the data before we wrap up. Um, dragons have seen a comeback. Uh, there's one specific dragon list which is actually doing pretty well. It's actually using Nefarian with the spare parts for some more sustain, Yulon for the protection, and then Longjin as a lead with uh, among the stars to give more health 
or bottle of infinite stars uh, to give more health and that's actually been pretty good uh, surprisingly it's coming in at 63 percent win rate just under 300 games and it's using uh, Sinestra, Cookie, and Alex on the bench. Alex got a bit of a buff, so now she can be like a pseudo Sylvanas answer sometimes. That's been kind of working out. Uh, the totem comp that I threw together, which uses Elise, Reno, and Bane to like swap in Maestra and put Bane on the bench and get another totem later. It's like a weird, like nature y kind of comp, but that one's actually doing pretty well too, just below, just under 63%, 200 games. Uh, the. The shadow comp is still doing really well. Its win rate, I think, has gone down, but that's because so many people have played targeted, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now it's starting to get a bit more targeted. But hundred games compared. Yeah, to it's the most played one. Four hundreds. Wow. Still almost sixty percent win rate, fifty nine percent, and that's the Lich King version for the sixth spot, standard shadow. But now I don't think the Lich King is the best version anymore. I think uh, either I think it's Cookie or Tamson. Cookie, I've it's, seen Tamsin. Uh, Yogg is pretty good too in the build. I've been trying Yogg Ooh, out, yeah. and he's been pretty good in that. Also, the summon build, I played a bunch of that on stream today. That one's really, really fun, and I actually think they they got it wrong using Mark of Yasharaj because I really liked using the skill three. You can actually get it down on by turn three, and it doesn't work against every comp, but when it works, it's so disgusting. Like, give all your characters plus 28 attack and attack randomly at two speed, and then you can mm-hmm. blow them up at two speed afterwards, your summons with Nazoth. Like, it's disgusting. Like, it, the old gods comp probably does it a bit better, but the Cho comp is good against some other stuff that has a harder time dealing with the summons. So there are, like, a lot of comps out there right now. Um, yeah, this looks like a relatively healthy format, honestly, like, all things considered. Big there pirates are still really, really good. Like yeah, I, th- that that looks like my yeah. that's interesting to see. Yeah, the Vardentarian Local R, which is the opener that I play, but with a pirate bench instead of the like Karen Diablo Sky Emerald bench. The yeah, I would say the pirate bench is one of the best benches in the game right now for huh. that build. Like you should try it if you can. Uh it only only legendary is Edwin, and then the other two I think are epics. But the pirates are actually really, really good. Um I actually had a lot of trouble against this comp today. Like it's it's still really strong. And then the other big buff comp is it goes a bit more all in the uh, the humans version, which uses Elise and Tyrion for the buffs, and then Reno just for some death rattle value. And then you're really just getting your Leroy, your Rogers, and your Cariel really big. Leroy comes in in a caster heavy meta. He just cleans up. He kills stuff. He gets even bigger. Normally you'd be worried about Leroy dying, but then Cariel either kills something that turn after Leroy. Or next turn, Rogers speeds her up and gets a quick kill, and then all of a sudden, your giant humans are at full health, and your opponent is like, they just lost a bunch of their units in the lead, and they have to swap in from the bench, and it's just really, really hard to come back from. Um, so those are like, I think a lot of the the standout comps in the meta right now. There are still some Trigor comps lurking around. The Valera Nefarian uh, version. Is there any aggro deck? Like, what is the closest to an aggro deck? Like Trigor, I think, Trigor, would, is the aggro deck Valerian, with probably. a combo yeah. finish. Like yeah. okay. Trigor, Valera, Nef, I think is like the, would I'd say that and Shadow are probably like the premier quote unquote aggro decks because they're just trying to just like punch you down really fast with a ton of damage. Or some builds with Trigor have been using. Um, using Maestra, because Maestra is pretty mean, where you get in a hit, you trigger Trigor, she comes in, she guaranteed crits something, you trigger Trigor again, and it a lot of stuff can't live that. 
like a lot of stuff just dies. Uh, there aren't too many master comps on here, but she is seeing play and she is pretty strong. So I'd say in terms of aggro decks, mainly it's like either you're going for full damage with Trigor or yeah. the the Frost, I think, is a little bit like an aggro deck because you're just like big damaging people. Um, but it's it's it plays a little bit differently. But generally, the main thing is like you're either trying to set up for a powerful bench or you're trying to do powerful things in your open and then you have a combo close out, whether that's Tyronda Bane, whether that's Leroy and Cario, whether that's Sylvanas basically on her own, whether it's Long Jin, it's or the pirates, the big fast pirates, like they do insane damage. Also, if you bounce Sneed, Sneed gets its battle cry again with even more attack. It gets kind of silly. So there are a lot of strategy. That's like the name of the game in mercenaries right now is just like a lot of synergy. You're either trying to do something big in the beginning or you're, you're setting up to do something big in the end game. Um, and that's really just most of the comps are trying to do that. So uh, we are going to wrap it up here, though, because uh, we are running out of time for today. Uh, but this was really fun. I enjoyed talking about all this stuff with you guys uh, for our end question uh, i figured we would we would kind of think about what is a mercenary you would like to see in the game from it could be from wow or hearthstone or one of blizzard's other ips just a character you would really like to see as a mercenary even if it's like super duper unlikely like th maybe this will never happen or maybe this will happen in a year or two years or not anytime soon but like what is like a dream character for you guys and uh let's let wizard beast go on this one because i know he has to go shortly uh yeah i think my favorite would definitely be a starcraft hero so either like rainer or um maybe like artanis i think would be really cool having that come in and since they have been doing more of these events you know they had their second one um cross game now i mm -hmm. think maybe eventually they could go into the starcraft I can see how Diablo lore kind of fits in a little bit closer to, you know, Hearthstone's more of that still, like, fantasy mm -hmm. type, like, dark fantasy, where StarCraft's more of the sci-fi end. But, you know, with Mercenaries, how they've been going, they might eventually go into that route. So I think uh, StarCraft II has been one of my favorite games also from Blizzard. So I would love to see, like, one of those uh, Mercenaries come in, and I think that would be really cool. Cool. Yeah, great answer. I, I'm all for more... Uh... Or cross game stuff. Uh, what about you, Malhu? What's a what's a character you'd really like to see, even if it was pretty unlikely? Yeah, I'm trying to think of like literally the the least likely, but the most interesting. And so honestly, I I started to look up just like straight up Blizzard games in that way. I think Overwatch is probably the furthest away from entering into battlegrounds. Um, but I think seeing but, yeah, I'm mean, sorry. <laughs> more likely to enter battlegrounds probably. <laughs> probably. Um, but yeah, I, I think I would actually love to see uh, Roadhog in oh, okay. Mercenaries. I I had a revelation a little while ago that like hook style characters are actually like some of the most interesting and eternally like evergreen, playable and fun like skill shot. If I hit you you stop and you come closer to me that mechanic is like it never needs to be it doesn't even have to do damage you can literally like i think of like thresh from league and roadhog and like all these these other characters that have like tethers skill shot tethers that if you're good with them 
It's this insanely high payoff with all kinds of crazy interactions in it, and I have no idea what that would look like in Mercenaries, but I'm gonna go with Roadhog from Overwatch. You can do various kinds of, like, the ultimates can work really well mm -hmm. from Overwatch into, like, the third ability for a lot of these characters. Being able to just have different equipment uh, is something almost like that Overwatch wished it could have had, but never really got into, like, that loadout-style mm -hmm. thing, so I'd love to see getting even deeper into the, the Blizzard lore of eventually tickling some mercenaries uh with uh overwatch that'd be characters. cool yeah I, I like the idea a lot i think if we do get an overwatch character it's gonna be like tracer or someone who's like the yeah. the face of it or something kind of like diablo with diablo obviously um but hey we got material so who yeah, knows we'll leave off the back up. That's oh that'd yeah. be awesome <laughs> that was my Mercurial. favorite character in uh yeah. in overwatch i loved played a lot of mercy um but yeah, for me, it's going to be another Diablo character. I know we've already got some of them, but this is one I think is pretty unlikely, and your answer actually made me think of it a little bit, Malhu. Uh, the Hook. Uh, the Butcher from Diablo. Oh, like, yeah. The Butcher is such an iconic character, and I believe he's been in all of the Diablo games. I don't think he was directly fightable in 2, uh, yeah. but I think he did show up or was mentioned or something in 2, you could fight him in three. I think he was like one of the original main bosses in the first Diablo game too. So it's like, he's been like a super iconic thing. And you're mentioning the hook made me think about that. Cause that's what he does. Like he just, he has this big hook and he throws it at you and he pulls you in and he stuns you and a demon support too. demon support. Like Ooh, that, yeah. there we go. Like you want to okay, like buff it. up some demons. You want to give us a new, like I'd take any of the, the, the lords of hell but i think if i could pick one the butcher's just i mean he's not even a lord of hell he's just a very cool and iconic character that i don't think we'd be as likely to get soon even if we do get another diablo crossover so that's that's my answer for that one and i think uh there's just a lot of cool stuff you can do with a kit like that and it's a very iconic character i'd love to see some cool skins for can you imagine a, a baby butcher skin or something like that'd be uh, for any of these characters like a baby roadhog or baby starcraft character like that, that'd be really funny uh the old gods are already funny enough as the the babies so that'd be kind of funny to see but yeah uh that's going to wrap it up for us for uh episode 25 of the fighting pit podcast we do want to thank you so much for watching you enjoyed it remember like subscribe comment all that jazz helps with the algorithm and we really appreciate it and uh stay tuned for more mercenary stuff in the near future take it easy everybody Bye. See you guys. stay safe